Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Crowdmakers. Inside the C-suite of sports and entertainment. The definitive podcast on the inner workings of the business side of professional sports, concerts, and live events. These are the people that are shaping the new landscape of the industry, the executives that are creating the new paradigm for live entertainment. These are the inside conversations you won't hear anywhere else. These are the Crowdmakers. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the digital training network that uses micro-learning and spaced repetition to form new habits of success in sales, service, leadership, and more. Created by sports and entertainment industry experts for the industry. Learn more at isbi360.com. And now, here's your host for the Crowdmakers, Bill Gertine. Welcome once again to the Crowdmakers. It's Bill Gertine, and with me today is a very special guest, a friend for many years, and winner, the current winner of the 2021 Bill Dorsey Visionary Award here at the trade show floor of the ALSD, president of TD Garden, Ms. Amy Latimer. Amy, thanks for being here. Oh, Bill, thanks for having me. Well, it was so much fun listening to your stories today on stage. Tell us a little bit about the moment that you realized things would be different, that middle of April of last, or March of last year. Where were you? What was the situation? Yeah, so interestingly, we had a Celtics game uh, on the Friday where the first NBA player had tested positive and we were scrambling like okay what are we doing to clean we had games all weekend totally packed by that next Wednesday MIA which is um, high school basketball and Adam Silver shuts down the NBA and it was jolting Right, because what follows from the NBA is the NHL and everything else. And we were definitely the first to shut down and the last to come back. But at that time, we were thinking it was eight weeks, right? We thought we were eight weeks, we're gonna move stuff around, we're gonna be okay, this is gonna be some little spike, and then we're gonna be all right. And never did I ever expect that it was really a year before we had fans again. You talked a little bit today on stage in your acceptance of the award about the fact that each progress each progressive step in your career you weren't a hundred percent prepared for right that you worked into it you almost like a jump in the net will appear sort of philosophy and so many leaders felt like that during covid as president of td garden what did you feel least in control of during that time um decision making by others which sounds like you're never in control of decision-making mothers, but we influence, we educate, we talk. But there were so many unknowns and we would prepare, 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 and then something would change and that we'd have a plan. And I joked, we not just had plan A and plan B, we had C, D, and E uh, because something would happen with a, you know, we went from everything's about cleaning surfaces to nothing's about cleaning surfaces. We started with no mask, then mandatory mask. Um, the states, every state operated differently. Every, you know, every te- everybody we talked to, it was just 
it was just constantly trying to understand and make good decisions in the moment. I, I think I thought I was tested early in my career with some other things that I thought were really hard. No, this this was the test. Yeah, I think no one could really prepare as well as we'd wanted to for anything like this. And, and Nobody was prepared. There are things that we put in place that you were happy to put in place that would make you look like you were genius because you knew, but you didn't know. And then there were the things that you had to scramble and, and try to fix. Sure. What's an example of something that changed, that needed to change, that this was a window of opportunity for you to do differently that may, you may never get again? So I would say it was the year of the QR code and mobile, right? So we had a high level mobile adoption um, before the pandemic, but we never wanted to inconvenience our sweet holders. We never, some of our best clients, well, the pandemic, you ripped that Band-Aid. You're 100% now, sweets, everybody's mobile tickets. We were mobile parking. We had mobile food ordering. We gave mobile, um, you know, like programs. Uh, mobile retail, like everything, which I think that adoption would have taken a lot longer. I remember when we opened up mobile ticketing and we dedicated a lane to come in the building, entrance, and we were at like 8%. And I was like, oh my gosh, like when is this going to end now? Look at that, that. So that really forced it. Are you at 100% then at the yes. Garden? Yeah. Yes. And that's for both Bruins and Celtics? Yes. And all the other concerts, are they the same? Yes. Wow. An amazing change, and, and we've just lived through this 10 years in 18 months Yes, to be able to get through that. So many young women look up to folks like yourself and others, women who have achieved a position as president of the Garden, and you seem so confident today. Like, you really have it together, and I'm sure many other young women look up to oh, you and say yeah. that, but, but, but I know that this was a progression for you. How would you suggest young women today in the industry build confidence if they don't think they have it? Yeah, so I would say my confidence came over time. Confidence in building a team, making decisions, being okay with mistakes. That went early on in your career that you're not, right? And you're going to make mistakes. And I now judge people how they come out of making this mistake, not about the actual mistake. Um, so I think confidence... It, it does come, but I think you have to stretch yourself. I think you have to put yourself in some uncomfortable situations. And I think the most important thing, by, I think back to my first NHL meeting that I went to. You go into this meeting, and there's hundreds of people there from every team, and there's marketing, community relations, and ticket sales. And then they did, they, everybody broke off and went to their spaces. And I went into the ticket sales, and I was the only woman, and I think I might have been the only woman they'd ever had. I was like, okay, and you have a choice to make, right? And I thought to myself, I work for the Boston Bruins. They sent me here to represent them, their original six team. I need to learn, but I also have things to say. And if I don't do that, I'm not beholding to my job and to the brand I represent. And it was a turning point for me. Good for you. And that took courage, certainly, because it could have gone the other way for you. Well, if I just sat there and didn't participate and didn't share, and listen, some of those people that were in that room are my friends today, but I think it would have gone different. Is there an instance or something that happened to you along in your career that you were able to pivot back from, that you screwed up, maybe, that you, oh, yeah. you were able to maybe bounce back from, and perhaps if you wouldn't mind sharing that story, yeah, those who well, may... I told you about the seats a little bit today. That was one that, um, so I'll, I'll give you another example. So we, 
ran out of office space. We, and this is an internal one, right? And then we built office, we had office space we were renting across the street. And we put like 80 people over there, sales, marketing, like a really important team. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I'm, I need to make sure that I run into these people and make sure I see them. So I created office hours. So I took this office, it was glassed in, but it was right near the front door. I was like, that's perfect. I'm gonna spend Wendy's, Wednesdays over there. I'm gonna make sure people are, you know, see me, can come talk to me. Total 100% disaster. And I'll tell you why. People thought, I don't think they thought I wanted to, but by sitting there, I saw when people came and went. And they thought, oh my gosh, like, is she, she's not watching. Like, and I was like, oh my God, I'm the last person in the world is watching when you're coming and going. I was trying to make myself available. And I always say that's good intention, bad delivery, right? Right. And I basically then said to everybody, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to come over. I don't want to make it an event. You guys come see me. I want to stay connected, but I don't, I'm not going to do the office hours because it seems to make a lot of people uncomfortable. You know, it's, you illustrate a really important point there. You have been, as a leader, so transparent with the way in which you run, the way in which you do things, even making that change that you just noted. You did it for the right reason, oh, yeah. but it was the wrong outcome that yeah. you had not expected. Never would have thought of that. Well, it's, you, and I don't want to say you wear your heart on your sleeve, but you're very genuine oh, in the you. approach that you have. And I think that's been part of what's been successful for you. Is it difficult to watch young leaders try to be something they're not? Yeah. So I tell them it's exhausting. And the reason why I don't, and, and I, maybe I'm a very simple person. I'm not going to lie to you because I'll never remember the lie. Right? So it's just much easier. I tell people, tell the truth. Just be who you are, good and bad. Right? Like, people may or may not like it, but honestly, it's exhausting to try to be something you're not. And don't waste that energy on that. Waste it on the good. But show, show the good parts of you, right? We all have stuff. There isn't anybody that doesn't have stuff. There's no reason to try to mask it or hide it. Yeah. There's been more emphasis now as we get out of this lockdown pandemic and move into whatever's next on time off. How important it is for staffers, even for folks like yourself to take some time to rejuvenate. Yes. What have you instituted at TD Garden to help others feel better about taking time off? Yeah, so interesting, for a long time, there was certainly the warriors, like the badge of honor to work 10 days in a row, and I did six changeovers, and I did this and that, and there's no quality of life there, there's nothing, and I think I, think I was probably the first woman executive that had a family, hmm. right? So I had three kids, I had Two of them back to back, literally maternity leave a year apart. And I had to do it and had to take the time. And, and, and I told people, and, and I tell people this even today, they come to work for us. Like, listen, you're here a lot. You work. I have total confidence you're going to get your job done. If your kid has a school player, you have to go do something. Go do it. There is no reason, literally, you know, you schedule your life. You figure it out. You tell me. I, I feel I feel. That's really important. But then I realize now I have to show people that too. So it's one thing to say. So we're going to go to a 3-2 work from home two days a week, three days in the office. Yeah. And I am going to do it because if I don't and I'm there five days, people are going to feel like guilty or I'm doing it or she's going to expect it. 
interesting that you're leading again by example in this three and two. Yes. Do you expect that some will want to be in five days a week? And, and how do you handle that? Well, actually, I actually hope this is a balance, right? Because we're not a bank nine to five, right? Again, nights, weekends, and holidays. So if somebody, if there's not an event and somebody can work from home on Friday, because I know they're going to be Saturday and Sunday, we need to give people the permission and feel like that's okay, right? So we just, even though you said it before, some people will be like, oh, I'm just coming in for a couple hours and then they're out there a day. Oh, I'm just dropping something off, right? You're like, no, we have proven everybody in our office can use Zoom, everybody can use Teams. We're gonna have to figure out that hybrid model, right? There's no reason. Yeah. What are some of the trends or the storylines that you're watching really closely right now as we evolve back into whatever this new normal might be? <laughs> so today, how are we making decisions about vaccination, testing, mandatory? I'm like in it right now, like this very day, not, no, nothing there. The other one is I think staffing. Staffing is really hard. It is, it's tough to get hospitality, security, cleaning, concessions. I think there are people that left that industry and they're not coming back. And I don't know what the pipeline is that replaces them. Do you expect that once some of this legislation has been lifted, that some of them will come back? I do, but some people went to Amazon. Some people realize I don't have to work nights. I can go, they're doing, uh, you know, Uber Eats or they're doing, you know, um, Whole Foods and they're shopping and doing other stuff for people. And they're thinking, I can do this and I can pick my own hours and different quality of life. And I'm not working, you know, nights, weekends, holidays again. Yeah. You're an event person. Not only do you work in events, but I imagine you enjoy some events. What have you missed most during COVID and what will you enjoy most getting back to? So I did miss concerts. I did go to one at Fenway on Sunday with 30,000 people. That was so much fun. Just the energy. It was so nice being somewhere else, seeing a concert and all that. Who um, was playing? Uh, it was Zach Brown Band. Oh, good. Great totally act. fun. Great. Totally fun. Easy. Great crowd. Tons of fun. Um, I miss, I have well, one just graduated, but my other two sons play college sports and they didn't, they, their seasons have been either disrupted or short. I can't wait to come back and watch them play. Amy Latimer, president of TD Garden and winner of this year's 2021 Bill Dorsey Visionary Award winner here at the trade show booth at ALSD in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for visiting with us. Thank you, Bill, for having me. If you enjoyed the program, please like us, share us with those you know, and hit subscribe on the podcast, and we'll let you know when another new episode is dropped. Your positive comments will help keep the Crowdmakers on the air. We'd be grateful for your five-star review. Got someone you'd like to hear as a guest on the Crowdmakers? Let us know, and we'll do our best to reach out to them. Drop us a note at info at isbi360.com. That's info at isbi360.com. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the first and only digital training network for sports and entertainment professionals. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com slash demo. That's isbi360.com slash demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Our chief engineer of the Crowdmakers is Ken Marinelli. Sean Quinn is our director of operations. Mark Yazowitz is the digital platform guru. And the executive producer of The Crowdmakers is Doug Quinn. I'm Bill Gertine. Until next time, thanks for listening, and so long for now. This is The Crowdmakers.
on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.